0: Don't blow your lid. We've all heard that phrase. And that's what it means. Don't lose self-control. Don't lose yourself. Okay? And so if we maintain self-control, we can maintain this situation of peace, of equilibrium, and life is much better. We also talked about our heart, and we let it get full of all this kind of junk. We let it get full of laundry, and what else was in here? There's bills, and... Work and calendar, sorry, babe, even looking at a calendar is a trigger of stress, right? So, oh, the salsa was just the fact that, like, we always have to go and buy food. We we just keep needing food. And then when when we're done with the food, we have to wash our garbage. And then we have to recycle it, and then we have to buy more. It's just a never-ending cycle. Same with laundry. Several feet of laundry. We only have about two feet right now. We did some over the weekend. So if we let it, the stresses, the difficulties of this life get to us, and we can let them into our heart, and our heart starts looking like this. When Jesus gave the parable of the sower, he said some of the seed, it fell, and it started to grow up, but the cares of this world grew up with it like weeds and choked it off and made it unfruitful. And so if we let this happen, our lives become unfruitful. We get choked off. And we're not the fourth plant that grows up strong and produces fruit 30, 60, and 100 fold. We want to be that. We don't want to be this. Not only that, but this sucks. It's horrible. And so we've all been like this before, where our heart is full of stuff that we've allowed to come in it. And 1 Peter 5 is one of the passages we've been looking at. 1 Peter 5, 6 through 8 says, Humble yourselves, therefore. Always the important first step. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And at the proper time, he will exalt you. Casting all your cares or casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. And so what do we do? We cast all our anxieties on him. So there's the cross. I'm going to... I always forget not to throw that that, uh, glass jar. Uh, One of these days. Well, we already spilled water. Might as well break glass. Um, It's not broken. Don't worry. Casting all our anxieties on him. Because he cares for us. And that word cast means like hurl, okay? So it's not like, I guess you can have my anxieties, Jesus. It's like, no, take these anxieties, Jesus. Now, sometimes the anxiety that we have is because of someone we love and we're worried about them. He's not saying throw our love for them. We still care about these things. He's saying the anxiety that comes with it, the negative part that we allow into our heart. He's saying toss that at him. And then the verse goes on. Be self-controlled or sober-minded, some versions have. Be watchful that your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a lion seeking whom he can devour. And so the devil uses this stuff. When we allow the stresses and cares and anxieties of the world into our heart, the devil uses that. And he looks for it. And when he sees, hey, they're letting the cares of the world grow up like weeds and choke them off. They're they're letting these things into their heart. He prowls around. And when he finds you, what does he do? He devours you. He steals your joy. He steals your life. He steals your productivity. Okay. So this is real stuff. This is battle stuff. The enemy is involved here. And we have to be involved here. Peter says, cast your anxieties and be self-controlled. That's how we get and maintain our peace. Put that here. So we talked about how peace is like a blanket, nice and warm and cuddly, right? I don't want it because I'm hot. But <laughs> so peace can be like this. Now, it's not, peace isn't just a feeling of nice, cuddly warmness, but that's part of it. Jesus said, my peace I give you. The word peace there is shalom, which in Hebrew it means literally means wholeness, completeness. It involves physical health, mental health, a feeling of peace and tranquility and all that good stuff, all those things are involved in the word peace. It's actually a huge word, shalom. We're talking more about the peace as opposed to anxiety kind of peace, peace as opposed to worry, peace as opposed to fear, but know that peace means more than that, and another another day we'll get into more about what that means when Jesus says, my shalom, I leave you. But when we empty out our heart from all that stuff that we let in, we have to fill it with something, because nature abhors a vacuum. This can't last. This will last a third of a second. It'll get filled up. If we're not careful, it'll get filled back up with more of those, usually the same ones we just dumped out. Oh, Lord, take all these problems. We dump them out five minutes later. Oh, right, the problem's still there. I guess I'm going to worry about it again, right? So instead, Jesus says, my peace I give you, and peace can fill our hearts. And we showed how there's pretty much no end to peace, and we can cram as much peace in here as we can take, and it's awesome. And the further we go on with the Lord, and the more mature we get, the bigger our heart gets, and the more capacity we have to hold all this peace. And so this is a position of strength. This is a position of power. This is what we, excuse me, would like to be. Jesus says, my peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, not as the world gives, do I give you? So don't allow your heart to be troubled. Don't allow it. Don't allow your heart to be afraid. And so then we are faced with the challenge. Once we've gotten rid of all those anxieties on our heart, we filled ourselves up with peace, now we have to keep them from getting back in. And so when you know, we get that bill at the end of the month, let me grab my wallet here, we get that bill at the end of the month and we're like, there's not enough in here to handle this bill and the one I know is coming next. What what happens? It, it, that situation we can't stop it from happening. It presses us in on us, and so the temptation then is to let that into our heart and let that stress us out, let it worry us. And if we do that, it, it, it displaces some of this to stick that worry back in. And before we know it, all the pieces out and we're filled back up with worry again. But instead, we can say no to the stress that the situation brings, the worry, the fear. We can't stop the situation. Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble. He said, don't worry about today, or don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's got enough problems of its own. So there's going to be problems tomorrow, in other words. Don't add to tomorrow's problems by worrying about them today. That's silly. You've got enough to do today and enough to do tomorrow. So there's going to be problems. We can't stop the problems. We can't stop the stuff from pressing in. But we can control how we respond. We're responsible for our responses. You've heard Pastor Paul say that a lot of times. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about self-control. Deciding, I'm not going to let the stress from this situation in. The situation will still be there. It's still stressful inherently, right? But we can say, no, I will not allow my heart to be troubled in the midst of this situation. And that's the hard part. (laughs) The hard part is the self-control. Peace is wonderful, and it's easy. The Holy Spirit's in here more than ready to give us peace. The difficulty is self-control, so that we can get it and maintain it. That's the hard part, and the more we practice, the better we'll get. Um, I said I'd ask if anybody had any stories after this week. Does anybody have any stories about peace for the week, or self-control, or working on this stuff that you want to share? If nobody does, that's okay. Anybody? More. Real loud. And
1: so going out there, I learned to little kids. their in the some of them are
0: completely Wow. <laughs> that's cool. That's, that's a wonderful story. And, and that's a great example, too, of not only how, for you, it's a challenge to maintain your peace going into that situation, and that's really difficult, but it also shows how you now can bring that peace into that very difficult situation. And bring the presence of God there into that room with that mom, with the baby, and with what's going on. That's That's an awesome example. Yeah. And this might be one of the things that helps lead them to the Lord. You know? How wonderful. Yeah. That's awesome. Steve, did you... That's cool. Those are great analogies. Thank you, Steve. That's awesome. Mhm. This Mhm. comes mm-hmm. out of So we have to place of Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, setting aside time to do this is important because in the middle of the busyness and hecticness of our day it's really hard to be at peace at all let alone practice it let alone use our self-control so we have to hit pause and at least pray and step back a minute to focus on this stuff and in this context peace and rest are basically interchangeable words as far as what i'm what i'm talking about they're the the same thing yeah and Mm-hmm. Peace, peace, rest, this is, uh, it's a gateway, it's like an entry point, it's a door into the presence of God. It's a door into walking by the Spirit. It's it's one of the access points we have, because as we stop and focus on the peace of Christ that Jesus has given us and letting the Holy Spirit fill us with that peace, he's filling us with him. The peace isn't a substance, it's not actually water, it's God. It's the Holy Spirit himself. And so as we learn to say no to the cares of this world and say yes to God, we are, it's like a doorway into more of the presence of God. And what I have found is that as I've practiced this more and more and more, I find myself more easily getting into the presence of God, if you want to put it that way. I find it much easier to hear the voice of God. Much easier. Because you're in the river, <laughs> to, use your, to use your vision analogy. You're already in there. So this isn't just like three steps to live a happier life kind of stuff. It will lead to, lead to more joy and lead to less stress, which is inherently good. That's why some of the stuff I could actually teach at like a secular pr- place. Because some of these things are just plain smart. Saying no to stress, saying yes to peace. But if the peace isn't God, it's not going to work. <laughs> you know. Um, and Brent, can we throw that clip up? So here's an example of a kind of piece that doesn't really work. Um, Buddhists are are famous for practicing tranquility and trying to reach nirvana, which is nothingness and all that kind of stuff. But without uh, without the Holy Spirit, it doesn't get much done. Go ahead. Inner peace. Inner
1: peace. Inner, in in. In in, inner peace... Mm -hmm. Would whoever is making that flapping sound quiet down...
0: In... Ah! Mm. That was my amusing interlude. So, inner peace is tough. It's tough to practice this. It's really tough if you have falling birds. It's really tough if you have tiny children. Um, I'm reminded of a story of, uh, I believe it was John Wesley's wife. Could have been Charles Wesley's wife. But she had like 17 children. What? Yeah. And she used to famously, in the midst of her day, when things got a little too much, she would kneel down and she would throw her apron over her head. And she would spend a minute connecting with the Lord and practicing peace. And the kids knew that when the apron went over her head, You don't touch Mama. You leave her alone for a minute. And the big ones would pull the little ones away. And Mama needs a minute to center herself and to get herself back in the Holy Spirit because they have drugged her out kicking and screaming, right? And I always thought that was a funny story, especially after I had kids. And I'm like, whoa, I only have one. And I'm already, like, waving the white flag uh, to to please help me, God. Um, It's tough to maintain that. So we are like a beach ball talked about this with the kids so the problem is we are not closed we're open like we would like to think we don't leak and that once we're filled with the spirit we're going to stay full all the time but this is the reality we're always open okay in order to maintain peace we have to have peace coming in all the time remember jesus said we are not ponds of living water we're rivers it's always flowing in and out it's alive in and out When life is squeezing in on us from the outside, unless we exercise self-control, say no and practice peace, this is what happens. It presses us and it comes out. The spirit comes out. (laughs) The peace comes out. It gets out of us. Ah, she just called me and she said she wrecked the car. Uh, yeah, no. You know, whatever it is. Fell and hurt my knee like a moron again. Arr. Okay? Whatever it is, if we don't actively stand against it, we end up like this. This is like the least fun thing I've ever seen. Okay? It is it is totally lame. It is deflated, defeated, a mess. Okay? Again, I don't need a show of hands for how many people have felt like this or feel like this fairly regularly because this is actually the norm. If we don't actively fight against it, this is how we end up, okay? And so what do we do when we end up this way? We ask the Holy Spirit to fill us again with his peace. We say no, we exercise our self-control, and we say no to all that stuff that's out here, squeezing in, and we say yes to the Holy Spirit who's in here, filling us up from the inside. And he does that. But it takes a minute, which is not an instant thing. Well, OK. We have to strive to enter the rest. That's, that's one of the verses. We strive. It's we, work to enter into that rest, OK? And if we just let it sit there, it deflates a little bit. Now, what's the word for spirit in Hebrew? We've talked about this a few times. Ruach. Thank you, Joel. Ruach. The same word means spirit and breath. It's the same word. God breathed into Adam. God sent his spirit into Adam. Breath, spirit, same word. So as the Holy Spirit breathes into us, literally, he is filling us up from the inside out with his presence, with his peace. And again, I haven't squeezed, and I've already leaked. I'm already less bouncy and fun as I used to be. Because I didn't connect with God today. At all. And then I didn't connect with God at all the next day. I haven't myself up with any peace. Before you know it, if you, if you go a week, how many of you know, if you go a week just doing life and not connecting with God, not taking the time out, the Sabbath out, to receive from him, you end up pretty floppy, spiritually speaking. And if you're me, you end up pretty irritable. You end up far more likely to blow up at your kids, to blow your top. Why? Because you're out, You're empty. It's just physics, metaphysics. So we ask the spirit to fill us up, and then we're more fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Right. They use some of those those ideas. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not in this analogy though. <laughs> well we have to surrender, yeah. It's surrender. So 1 Peter 5 starts out, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And so that, that is where it has to start. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, we've referenced this. Do not be anxious about anything. Anything. Okay? Don't be anxious about anything. How do we do that? Well, we keep exercising self-control. We say no to that anxiety. We say yes to the Holy Spirit. We're not anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. So don't worry about the things that are going on. Ask God. Pray about them, right? Lift them up to the Lord. Give them to him. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, okay, the peace of God makes no sense. It is crazy. It is beyond any understanding what it can do. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. There's the children's sermon. It'll guard us. So when we're like this, I guess you could do it like this. Like we get wrapped up in the peace of God, and it guards us. When we are living in peace, it guards our hearts and our minds. So it makes it easier to say no. It makes it easier to be self-controlled when we're living in peace. When we're empty, ooh, we, we need. It's really hard to say no to the cares of this world when we're needy. But when we're filled up with the Spirit of God, when we're living in peace already, when something else comes at us from the outside, we're guarded, the Bible says. But the peace, of Christ, the peace of Christ will guard. It will. If we're not anxious about anything, the peace of Christ will guard your hearts and your minds against Christ Jesus. So if we're living in peace, and if that's how we're walking, that's how we're living, we are guarded. And I've, I've experienced this. There was a period, this was several years ago. Where I was sort of slacking on this sort of stuff, and I was letting myself get anxious about things and get worried about things for probably a couple weeks, and I kind of realized what was going on. I was like, "Ah, I've been lazy, and now I'm kind of out of sorts, but I'm too lazy to get in sorts (laughs) and and do all this stuff that we're talking about, so I, I just had a long, like, sit with God prayer time, like, I need help, you know? I need help to do all this stuff we're talking about. And God helped me, and he helped me get rid of my cares and anxieties, and he helped me get filled up with peace. And so then for the next couple weeks, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm living in peace, I'm walking in peace. Driving home from Grantsburg, Wisconsin, and I get a phone call. And it is one of those bad phone calls. Some of you have gotten bad phone calls before, where this is news that you did not want. You didn't see it coming, and you do not want this news, okay? I got one of those phone calls. and I, I'm talking on the phone. I finish the conversation, hang up. Right away, your, your pulse is going a little bit, right? Just at hearing all this, you, I'm trying to process while driving 75 miles an hour, watching for bears and deer. And, um, I could feel from outside of me this temptation to fear... And to anger. In this particular case, those were the two. Fear and anger. Okay? And they are coming hard. Right? And they are, the devil is prowling around like a lion during this, trying to convince me in my mind why I have every right to be afraid and to be angry. In other words, he's saying, just let it in. You have, you have to. Anyone who got this phone call would let in anger and fear. Anyone. So it's natural to feel this way, right? That's the temptation. But because I was covered in the peace of Christ, because I was protected, I had the strength to say, nope, no, I am not going to be afraid, and I'm not going to get angry. And I just spent the rest of the time home praying, giving it up to God, putting up my shields, (laughs) and getting filled up with peace. But I can tell you that if I wasn't already filled up with the peace of Christ if I wasn't already obeying the don't be anxious about anything, then I, wouldn't have been, I would not have been guarded in that situation enough to say no. I would have been like, Ugh, and it would have been a thing. But instead, I was guarded, I was able to say no, God gave me the strength, so that then when I got home, I was able to minister to other people who needed more peace in that situation. And so the more we walk in peace and live in peace day to day, the more we are guarded. And that's why I tell, you know, some people are like, oh, I can handle a lot of stress in my life. Um, So I don't worry about the little, I don't think about the little stuff, I just let it all in. But it accumulates over time. Like, the point is, we need to live in peace so that we're not anxious about anything, including driving on the freeway when people cut you off. Right? I've shared this before, but I had this thing for a while where I didn't have road rage, but I had road, well, rage. Rage with a small r. Rage with a tiny R, you know, somebody's doing something stupid or whatever, uh, I wanted to pass them and then give them a look. I want to see this person who's such an idiot or a jerk or whatever they did, right? Something about, I don't, this is not a good thing, I'm confessing now, right? I'm like, I want to see it, you know? And so the Lord was speaking to me about maybe it's time, because we compartmentalize our lives too much sometimes. Sometimes that's okay for different reasons, but Sometimes, like, I was letting the peace of Christ into my life in finances and in health and in different areas, but apparently not while I was driving. Once I got behind the seat of a car, I'm like, forget you, God, I'm good, you know? And so I was letting myself get blown out of shape. And God's like, okay, let's, maybe we should work on this one. Because the more you practice peace, the more you're guarded, the more you're protected, because we're whole people. If the devil can find one place that he can attack and get in, he'll get in there. He'll plant a bunch of weeds in that one spot, and then the weeds have grown up, and we, before we realize it, we're being choked off, right? And so God's like, somebody cut me off, like a, that minute after God said something to me. I'm like, oh, this is not a coincidence. And he's like, all right, don't look over when you go past them. And I'm like, what? And he's like, well, what, what, what's that thing about when you want to look over? What are you, you're judging them? You, you, what, what are you trying to figure out? You know, and I thought long about that and I had things I was trying to figure out. And God's like, none of that is good, right? So just resist the urge to look over. And that was like step one. And I still do this. It's still a struggle. I'm going to be honest. Sometimes, you. <laughs> no, no. You're like, it's hard not to look. I don't know. It's, it's like, yeah, but maybe it's only me. Maybe I'm the only one here who does that, okay? But no? Okay. Okay, because I, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe that's, I, okay, apparently it's a thing. So I'm trying to pass this person, and I'm like, do not look. Sarah sometimes even reminds me. When she's driving with me, she's like, don't look over, don't look over. <laughs> she, that's, that's why God allows people to get married, so we help each other. Uh, don't look over, don't do it. But sometimes, like, Arr! And so that was step one, and then it's like, okay, now why do you want to do that? What are your issues? Blah, 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 let it go. Uh, I'm getting worked up just talking about this. So, like, this is a normal everyday life thing, but it's also a really big thing. And the more we learn to walk, up, walk it in small areas, for some of you, maybe this thing I just shared, this very silly example, maybe that could be a, a place where you can get victory in your life that can then spread over into other areas. That so you can start having peace in other places. John, did you want to share? Uh
1: huh.
0: Right. Rest, which is kind of a yeah, exactly. Where you can't rest unless you're in peace. Yep. And I
1: thought that was Ellie's interesting
0: that instead of wandering, okay, they're mm-hmm. to kind of Challenge is to enter that Yeah. And so again, And it is a challenge. Kind of Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Resting in the spirit, in yourself, and it. I've always. Th- I before I kind of understood this stuff. I thought that was a really weird verse. Strive that you may enter the rest. That's what? Well, strive. Striving and resting are opposites, right? And that's why I think it's such a beautiful verse. But it is work. This is work. If you've tried this, you know this is not easy. Exercising self-control, practicing peace, this is not easy stuff. It's striving. It takes work. But strive to enter the rest. It's worth it. It's worth your striving. Nothing in life that's good isn't hard work, in my experience, other than the love of God and his grace. Everything else is a lot of hard work, and this is no different. But hard work is good for us, right? Strive to enter the rest. It's an important thing. So we can be guarded if we're living in this peace. And that's a, it's a wonderful thing, and I've found it to be really helpful, especially when the big things come, especially when the big things come. Yeah, Kathy. Anxiety, fear, worry. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Selfishness, yeah. Yeah, so there's those challenges, but I think when you visualize, like you're I'm visualizing, not looking at the baby. Every day it happens to me so I'm, I'm visualizing before I get on the road, but I'm going to not try to be
0: deteriorated, try to slow down, you know, not be mean to so, other people, you know. So visualization comes in too. It can be very helpful. The Bible is extremely visual. Um, I think walking in peace, entering the rest, as John said, um, it's a dance between us stepping up and acting in self-control and us surrendering to God. It's this dance. And again, those sound contradictory, but they're not. We surrender to God. God, I don't have the plan. I don't have those steps right now, but I'm not going to be worried anyway. I'm still not going to be worried. Right. I'm going to trust you. And so there's that surrender spiritually to God, but there's the calling up of our will to be self-controlled in that, and then as we walk, he shows us those things, and and we walk in peace. Um, I I forget who it was, but um, maybe David Wilkinson, but he um, finds travel really stressful, always has, especially flying. And so in order to protect his peace, because he has found that it's the most important thing in his ministry— If he is at peace, he's flowing in the spirit, and people are getting touched. If he's not, if he lets something come in, then he's got nothing to give out, and it stinks, and he's learned this over the years. And so he gets to the airport five hours early. No joke. That's what he said. Five hours. That way, it could be literally the worst lines in history. There's only one lane open at at TSA. When uh, we were coming back from Seattle last year, The line was 1.4 miles long. I watched on my iPhone, and I went 1.4 miles before I got to the front of the TSA line. No joke. It was winding in and out. It was totally insane. And I instantly called my brother and said, someone needs to be fired. He said he'd get, get that done for me. Andrew, you remember that. Yeah, even the people working there were like, I'm so sorry. This is so insane, you know, because they knew it was crazy. But, like, that, that was a tough one. Um, but so this guy gets there five hours early so that even if the worst things happen, everything is fine, and there's not even any, any temptation to be stressed out. And then he's like, now, some of you might be thinking, well, if I was really good at this, I wouldn't have to do that. And I could show up an hour earlier when everyone else does, and I could just maintain my peace. And, and he's like, maybe that's true, but I'm not there yet. I'm just not. I hope to get there. I'm on my way there, but this is a weakness for me. I recognize that it's a weakness. So until I get there, I'm going to protect my peace by leaving early. Really, really early. And, getting there. and I was like, oh, that's cool. Because sometimes this like legalistic thing gets into our head when we look at stuff like this. And then any time that we're getting anxious, like, we're like, no, I need to be good, I need to be perfect, I need to never let anything bother me. Well, sometimes you need to remove yourself from a situation or avoid a situation or put yourself in a position where you're not going to be tempted to be stressed right now. And sometimes that's really wise to do. So don't let yourself get legalistic about it. Like, be wise, follow the Holy Spirit. And um, um, I want to finish first, but just a minute. Um, Colossians 3.15, I referenced this earlier. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. So we are called to peace. Specifically, we are called to let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. What does rule mean? Take over. Be in charge. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. So the peace of Christ is supposed to actually be the one making the decisions in our life. We are not supposed to be reactionary people. We are not supposed to react emotionally, we, in, unless you count peace as an emotion. We're not meant to react logically. We're not meant to react how we've been programmed or how we've been trained. We are meant to respond first by saying, Okay, Holy Spirit, how do I respond? What do I do next? Let the peace of Christ rule. The peace of Christ is supposed to be the decision maker in here. Isn't that interesting? And if we let something other than the peace of Christ make the decision, it's far more likely to be selfish or wrong. <laughs> but if, if, we're, if we're responding, acting, making decisions out of our peace, how many of you have ever made a decision based on fear? Everyone, regularly, yeah. right? We make this fear-based decisions all the time. That's, God does not want us to make fear-based decisions ever. We're not supposed to make decisions based on what we're worried might happen. Yes, we can be wise, but there's a difference there. And I think you see the difference. We're supposed to make decisions out of our peace, out of maintaining the peace of God. And if we need to make a decision or react to something and we realize, oops, I leaked out. I leaked all out. I'm I'm the floppy ball. Then we need to pause and we need to fill up with with the peace of God first. And once we're in the presence of God, fill up with his peace, then let's deal with that situation. Then let's respond. And sometimes that might be very practical. We might have to tell someone, you know what? I will call you back in just a few minutes. Is that okay? Something came up. What came up? You need help from the Holy Spirit. That's what came up. Do that. I'm serious. Do that. Hang up the phone. Walk away from your kids. Walk away from whatever the situation is till you write. Till you can act out of peace and let the peace of Christ rule and make those decisions. They will be better decisions. How many of you have ever sent an email and then an hour later was reread the email and was like, oh my gosh. Why did I send that email? Can I edit an email that was already sent? Uh, I, that, that's going to come off as really harsh and really angry, which I'm not. But I was an hour ago when I wrote it. Er, you know, I've done that. OK? Don't respond like this. That'll show them. It won't, first of all, show them anything because they don't care. Um, Take a step back from the keyboard, right? Blow out all that stuff. Blow out the rage, the offense you allowed yourself to take at whatever they did or said, right? Whatever it was that happened, let that go. Give that to the Lord. Get filled up with this peace, then move forward. Let the peace of Christ rule, and be thankful. It says at the end. That's a hint. That's a tip. That's a tip. If we're having trouble with this, thankfulness is one of the keys to help us. If we find ourselves really struggling with maintaining our peace, we need to practice gratitude and thankfulness. The opposite of which is what? Anybody? It's the opposite of thankfulness, complaining. Complaining is the opposite of gratitude. If we find ourselves complaining about stuff, if we find ourselves talking about the same situation to everybody we run into, that's not venting, that's poisoning. There's a difference, right? We know it. I'm not saying it's wrong to vent, I'm not saying it's wrong to have a prayer partner, I'm saying it's wrong to share one another's burdens, that's good, but when we're doing it with 40 people, that's not good. That's, that's not of the Spirit. Never was. Okay? If we that complaining killed all the Israelites in the wilderness. They all died except two. Two out of millions. Because they were complaining. Because complaining is the opposite of gratitude. And complaining proves a lack of trust in God. Complaining means you're worried. You're afraid, you're anxious, whatever it is. And, and all of that comes out of a lack of faith. And the Bible says anything that is not of faith is sin. So if we're complaining, we're not trusting. And the, the way to fix that <laughs> and help get our peace back or maintain our peace is thankfulness. And sometimes we have to force it. Sometimes we have to force ourselves to be grateful. I am known to put be thankful on my to-do list. It's true. I put pray more. I put be thankful. I put pray again. <laughs> Be more th- like I put those things on my to-do list to remind me because you get through your day and it's busy and, and it's tough. Practice thankfulness and gratitude. Ask the spirit to help you. Again, it only takes a few weeks to form that kind of a good habit and it really will affect you. It's a lot easier to maintain your peace, to let it guard, to let it rule if you're practicing thankfulness. And it's really hard to maintain your peace if you're practicing complaining. If you're practicing complaint, it, like, it pulls the spirit out. It's like, a, it's like a repulsive magnet. Humility is a positive magnet. God is attracted to humility. That's why it starts out, humble yourself before the mighty hand of God. God is attracted to humility. Complaining is the opposite of that. It repulses God. So we can do all this right and then go out and complain. <laughs> Blah. No, we can get it right back. God's very forgiving. This isn't meant to be a condemning thing. We all do this literally all the time, right? But God wants us to be able to get better at it um, so that the peace of Christ can rule in our hearts. So thankfulness is a great key to that. Yes, Anne. Yep. And, 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 the, and wielding it all over yep, place. we can ask the Spirit to give us that one for whatever. If yes, exactly. we're finding it really hard in this with our kids in, in this situation at work in whatever it is, ask the Lord. What do I need to conquer this? What's the key to getting out of this? Do I need a verse that I stand on and quote and quote? Do I need to praise more? Do, do I need to pray more? Do I need to fast? Maybe is there a key to get out of this? But quote, when we don't know what else to do, God will give us one of those scriptures to hold on to as a sword of the Spirit, which is how we resist the devil so that he flees. Um, And another great tool is praying in tongues. When we don't know what else to do, pray in tongues. Because guess what? The Holy Spirit knows exactly what to do. He knows exactly what to say. He actually knows what to say way better than you. So praying in the Spirit, for me it used to be a last resort. Oh, I don't know what else to do. I guess I'll pray in tongues. And it's moving up the chain. (laughs) I'm trying to make it one of the first resorts. It's taking time to get there. But it really is how we're going to um, break up into small groups. Because um, I want to do that before we eat. Um, let, let's, let's hold on to it. Thanks. So, why don't you pray with me quick? And then we're going to break up and share just for a minute. Father God, we thank you for your peace. We thank you, Lord, that... This is a gift that you've given us and something you've called us into. We confess we wish it just worked like magic and we could wave a wand. And didn't have to work for this, but we know that we have to strive to enter that rest. So Lord, help give us the strength to do that, Holy Spirit. Remind us when we're stepping a little bit off the path and lovingly help us get, get back on that path and will follow in the way of the Spirit. This isn't easy, Lord, and we've, we're all on this path somewhere. And some of us are really far along. And some of us are, are having trouble. And so for those of us who are struggling a little bit with this or are practicing peace in some areas of our life and maybe not others, I pray that you would help us to, to make this a priority and to focus in on you and on giving things to you and following your Spirit in our life. And we thank you that as we do that, we will be healthier, we'll have more joy, we'll be better at resisting the devil, better at following you, hearing your voice. We thank you for all these wonderful things. In Jesus' name, amen. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he look upon you with favor and give you his